Welcome. This is Gary Van Warmerdam, and it's a podcast from pathwaytohappiness.com. And the topic I want to share about is happiness. Since I have this whole website called Pathway to Happiness, it would make sense that I have some kind of audio about happiness itself. What I think I'm going to do is kind of clarify what happiness is from my point of view and clear up some myths about it and clearer directions to take to create authentic happiness in our lives and our relationships and our work and whatever area you want to. I think the first question to answer is, what is happiness? And very simply, it's an emotional state. It's an emotional state of pleasure, which in the realm of emotions is love. Whether you want to call it joy or enjoyment, all of those emotional feelings are based in the emotion of love, pleasure, emotional pleasure. Then there's a whole other question of how do you get there? How do you create it? How do you have it? That's another scenario. First thing to understand about that pursuit of happiness is I think we've got to understand the emotions a little bit. It just so happens that in all those years of schooling that I went through, like grade school, high school, university, a good 16 years of education, there wasn't one mention really of emotions or understanding them or getting to know them, learn about them. If there was, I missed it in the catalog. I missed the whole course description. and They never told me I was supposed to be there. But we live in a whole world of emotion particularly in our relationships. And we get no education on them. What we end up understanding about emotion is what's passed down to us from our parents or society's versions or what we learn in movies and books, reading Cosmo magazines. Or for men, we generally don't learn about them at all. We're busy playing with tools, toys, tinkering, and games. So there's this whole world we live in and experience every day called emotions that we don't have an awareness about. But the ironic thing is that in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, once we satisfy our physical needs, basic food and shelter and comfort, all our needs turn to emotional fulfillment, that satisfaction of passion and and which are really emotional aspects of our being. And yet, there's very little understanding about these issues. Probably largely because in the realm of society, we've only had, you could say, a lot of free time in, say, the last hundred years. And not even the last hundred years. To live in a society that's abundant enough to where our needs are met very easily with mass production and mass agricultural farming so that we'd have the free time to pursue these higher needs on emotional fulfillment. Really, psychologists have only been researching for a very few number of years in the scope of time of humanity. Well, on the other hand, those who've been pursuing spirituality and meditation in those traditions have a much deeper grasp of emotions and love and compassion and fear, because that's been a primary understanding of those spiritual paths for hundreds and thousands of years. I think you'll find a lot more understanding of emotions in those realms than you will in academic realms. Our education system, our understanding of emotions hasn't caught up to what people's interest now is, but supply follows demand. 
when I started to investigate my own world of emotions and relationship, it was simply put to me at the time, there's essentially two kinds of emotions. There's emotions that come from love, or we could say based in love, and there's emotions that are based in fear. And emotions that are pleasurable, love, joy, gratitude, excitement, laughter, all those experiences, and there can be millions of different specific ones, all those that are pleasure fall into love. Jealousy, anger, envy, fear, shame, guilt, all of these kinds of emotions are based in a realm of fear and are generally unpleasant. So you got the pleasant, you got the unpleasant. And the other element I understood was if I wanted to be happier in my life, which I did, then I needed to create more love, which is more pleasure, and get rid of, eliminate all the emotions of fear. Simple enough, if we can imagine our emotional body and it's made of emotions that come from love and emotions that are based in fear, if you get rid of the emotions based in fear, well, there's a whole lot more room for love. The thing about feeling emotions that took me a while to understand and totally take responsibility for was emotions are something we create. We don't ever really look at where they come from. But I think it's easier to say we create them. And we're not used to thinking of ourselves in this way. We're not used to thinking of emotions in this way. You know, most often we talk about emotions like, oh, he makes me sad. I'm so happy to see you. You know, she really frustrates me. Oh, that driver ticks me off. Because we've been inundated with this barrage of where emotions come from as he makes me feel this, she makes me so happy, all these interpretations kind of affect how we perceive emotions and we don't really see them as something that we create. And this kind of interpretation will happen when we're very young. If I had a bad day at school and mom says, okay, what's wrong? Maybe somebody in the school ground made fun of me or I got a bad grade and I'm attributing it to an event. I'm describing that this emotion is from what someone said to me, from an event or an experience that happened. And I'm looking at this experience as the impetus. And I don't notice that there's another trigger there. I'm missing the in-between parts. They called me stupid. I created an image in my mind of a stupid person based on their word description. I believe that's what I was. I believe that that's a bad thing to be. Judged myself as that character. Agreed with the judgment and say, yeah, that's what I am. I'm stupid. And then I felt this emotional reaction to investing my faith in this false self-image. So now I'm hurt. And now I'm angry at this other person for causing me to feel hurt. Because we're not aware of what's happening in that intermediate step in our imagination that we create a poor self-image, and by expressing our faith in that image, we create this emotional reaction to that picture we have in our imagination. That's creating the pain. 
That's creating the hurt. That's creating the emotion. But we don't see that part. We only see what this person said. That's because we're focusing on a physical reality and we're unaware of what's happening in our imagination and our mind. That's causing us to really create the emotion. And when you really know that you're a bright, intelligent, wonderful person, someone calls you stupid, you look at them and kind of with curiosity, you're like, okay, that's an interesting statement. You don't create an image and you don't believe that false image and it doesn't hurt no matter what someone calls you. Because you don't do that intermediate part. And because you don't do that intermediate part in your imagination, you don't invest your faith in a false image, you don't create that emotion. And you can see that the emotion-creating part is really our role. You know, if we're aware of what's happening in that mind and that imagination, we see, oh, that's my half of it. But if we're not aware of that, it looks like this other person, this other driver who's cut us off, is pissing us off. Once you become aware of that intermediate step and take that responsibility, now we have a whole different ballgame to play. Then with that understanding, we can see the emotions we experience are essentially the emotions that we create. If you aren't aware of that intermediate step of how we create emotions based on what story or picture we're investing in in our mind, and you really believe that other people are making us feel this way, well, then the direction you end up going is, okay, now I have to control other people and what they say. I have to control the traffic and the weather and the economy, and I have to control the finances in order to feel good because I'm reacting to all those things. Those things determine my emotional state. And so we end up trying to control all those outside circumstances, all those outside people, which are things we can't control. And we ignore what's going on in our mind, which is the one thing we can control with some practice and training. When you play in a realm of happiness being dependent on those outside factors and saying, this person makes me happy. I'm happy because, you know, I have this, this, and this in my life. It gets kind of exhausting. We can still be happy, but that happiness is dependent on having our criteria met. And that criteria says, I will be happy if. And fill it in, whether you get a promotion, you have a partner with you in your life, uh, redecorate your kitchen, um, you know, buy a new dress or lose 15 pounds, that I will be so happy with my body when I lose 15 pounds really means I will express love when my body looks a certain way. I will express love when my boss appreciates me or recognizes my work. I will express love when my partner does this, this, and this for me. Then we create these criteria that say, if these criteria are met, I will open my heart and express this emotion. 
if this driver cuts me off, I will stop expressing joy and express fear and anger to this other driver. I will express frustration to this driver. In this way, we have criteria for each emotion we express. If this happens, I express this emotion. If this doesn't happen, I express this emotion. Then this criteria of a belief system is determined what emotional channel gets expressed, what we transmit emotionally. And that expression of emotion is then what we feel. Then for me, happiness is the expression of love. And if you want to be happy, express love. What's challenging about that statement from one point of view is, okay, that sounds simple, but for most people, they don't start there. I didn't start there. I started with all these criteria of this has to be met and then I'll be a success and then I'll be happy. I'll look at myself in a positive light. I'll have a great self-image. And I'll express love for this image that I believe I am. Of course, that seemed to never get met because the image kept getting farther and farther out of reach. And I got tired of chasing it at a certain point. Because the criteria kept changing. That even when I met my successes, I wasn't used to expressing love and appreciation for myself. It was not a habit that I had. There's a lot of wonderful articles out there about secrets to happiness, 10 ways to be happy, and all sorts of things like this, the keys to happiness. And they talk about having a positive attitude, you know, have a circle of friends, create work that you're passionate about. Nice way to go. Definitely do those things. Have a great circle of friends and family that you love. Have a work or career that you're passionate about. Have hobbies or endeavors or charity work that you're passionate about. All of those approaches kind of miss a basic fundamental element. They don't acknowledge our role as creator of these emotions that we then experience. Let me give you another perspective on how we create our emotions. Think of something very emotional in your past. Go back to something that was incredibly joyful and imagine it. And you can actually experience, through your imagination, the sense that you're there. And all that stimulus going on in your imagination is enough to create the emotion as a reaction to the stimulus of your imagination. If you go and imagine something that was unpleasant, you perceive it as if you're there. And your emotional body responds to this imaginary picture from memory. But the emotional body is really responding to what we paint in our imagination. We paint something beautiful, our emotional body responds to that. If we paint something horrid, our emotional body responds to that. If we see something in real life, a beautiful sunset, nature, our emotional body corresponding emotion to that perception. Or, if we see something beautiful in nature, but then we see, you know, some pollution on it, we have a big story about the pollution, then our emotional reaction 
is to our big interpretation story about the pollution. And that's what's going on in our head. Our emotional response and experience that we create can be stimulated from something natural, direct perception, or by perceiving something that we imagine or tell ourselves as a story, call our interpretation. But either way, the emotional body is just responding naturally to whatever we perceive, whether it's a story in our mind or nature as it is. Nature as it is, life as it is, generally very beautiful and pleasant. Stories in our mind, sometimes maybe not so nice. And our emotions are created in alignment with that. And really directing the emotions that you create has a lot to do with what interpretations do you create in your imagination. What are the images that you create there? What are the stories and opinions you have? And our emotional body follows suit. Then we're responsible for the material that we project in our mind, in our imagination. And we create the emotions that correspond to it. At a certain point of mastery, you can have no material in your mind. Really empty all the internal dialogue and quiet all the voice in your head. You end up just perceiving life as it is, whether it be your breath on the inside and your heartbeat, which is beautiful, or the world outside is beautiful. You perceive it as beautiful, and your emotional body responds to that clear perception. In either case, it's us creating these emotions dependent on how we perceive things and what interpretations we make. And then we experience the emotions we create. If you get one thing, that sense of responsibility becomes an incredibly powerful paradigm to take the next step, whatever you decide the next step is. Having work that you're passionate about doesn't make you happy. Not directly. It is the expression of your love, your joy, your passion, your gratitude that you have in doing that work. It's a great direction to channel all that love. Then it's really my love for this work is the way that I create joy in my life. Having friends and family around you, it's not them that make you happy. It is your love for them. That is the emotion you feel. That is the joy and pleasure and happiness that you feel. It doesn't come from them. It is an experience you create because you're expressing love to them when you're talking with them, joking with them, cooking food with them. Then the satisfaction of friend and family is from the love you express with them. Because a lot of people have lots of friends and family and they may be in depression. Why? Because they're expressing a whole different emotion. People are commonly saying, you know, other people won't make you happy, money won't make you happy. What does and who will? What's the answer to that question? The answer is you make yourself happy. The next question is, how do you make yourself happy? Well, you express love. That's not a big secret to figure out, because if you watch kids, they're doing it all the time naturally. However, over the years, we've built up many reasons not to express love. I'm not smart enough, not good enough, not pretty enough. 
the world is a problem, the traffic is a problem, my boss is a problem, my employees are a problem. And we create all these judgments we believe, we create all these sense of victimization that we believe. We invest in those beliefs based in fear, disappointment, and we express those things instead. We create the emotions from that realm. In creating happiness, there's a natural expression of happiness that's going to happen once you eliminate all this belief structure, criteria, opinions, judgments that fill the mind. A lot of people are trying to create happiness by practicing being optimistic, creating more financial material wealth, having bigger and better vacations, finding the right partner. When they find the right partner, or they create the financial material situation, new situation is there, but they bring all their interpretations, beliefs, self-images that they still interact with in their mind. That if you remember, it has a whole lot more to do with what's creating our emotion. The external event doesn't have nearly as much impact as what's going on in our mind. So you can go at pursuing happiness a number of different ways. You can try to meet the criteria that your belief system has structure that says, I will express love when I have this kind of job, when I get this kind of promotion, this kind of material wealth, when I have a partner who does these things, or my body looks a certain way. Then I will express love and be happy. I will withhold the expression of my love and express these emotions based in fear and anger and, until these criteria are met. Of course, when the criteria are met, you may find that you have such a habit of expressing those emotions that based in fear that you aren't practiced in expressing love and gratitude and joy. Being happy is simple. Watch children. It's not a big complicated effort. There's not a lot of justifications and rationalizations for it. Ask them why they're happy. They say, I don't know. They don't care either. Their love is naturally coming out of them. It's not work. To be unhappy requires that we really structure a whole lot of reasons to be sad, to be angry, to feel an injustice, to say something's unfair, to feel unworthy. We really have to structure a lot of images in our mind, invest in them, rationalize them, justify them, defend them. That's a lot of work to be unhappy. It can be exhausting. We can look at the world and find lots of things that are injustices, lots of abuses. And we can defend our rationalizations. We can look at ourselves and say, oh, but I really am this way, and this is really a problem. Justifying, rationalizing, and withholding your love in those regards aren't helping any situation. Expressing anger, injustice, isn't helping any situation improve. I've yet to see a judgment make something better as much as the expression of love creates something more enjoyable. It's very challenging to shift the expression of love 
directly. We have all these emotional habits and patterns and just the same way that we have the same thoughts go through our head day after day, the same stories, interpretations go through our head, you know, of the comment, we make 60,000 thoughts a day. The really amazing thing is we make almost the identical same 60,000 thoughts the next day. Same thing with emotions. We generally run them repeatedly. And so to all of a sudden say, okay, I'm going to express love today. And that's what will make me happy. Is a big leap. I don't expect anybody would make it. I certainly uh, was incredibly challenged and wasn't able to do that off the bat. It took a long time. The easier place to start for me and for many people is to start looking at and observing all the stories and ways that we make ourselves create for ourselves unhappiness. To look at those statements, pull the stories out from behind them, and start not believing them. Not believing the stories and justifications for why you create sadness. Not believing the stories about why you make yourself angry with those interpretations. To really look at the mind and dissolve the structure of the false images there. You could say, letting go of the lies that are behind the fear. Has the world changed? Have you changed? Not necessarily. Your hair color is the same. Your body might be the same weight. You're wearing the same clothes. You have the same job. The world is in the same state of chaos. But the way you look at it is different. The dialogue in your mind is different. The interpretation is different. What you believe is different. What you invest in emotionally is very different. And therefore, the emotions that you express are very different. The words you say will be different. That expression coming out of you is what will make you happy. When you understand all that, and you take responsibility for that in the world of your mind, called your personal dream, then the choice becomes, will I express love and be happy? Or will I invest and defend a story that creates unpleasant emotions for myself? And a lot of people write about happiness as a choice. True. But only when you have that degree of awareness is it a choice you can really see. All those stories about happiness. What is happiness? Not that complicated. It's an emotional state. One that you experience when you create and express love. It's not necessarily easy. Simple, yes. Easy, no. Take some work. Take some really committed effort to look at all those stories and justifications that rationalize our unpleasant emotional reactions. Take some effort to dismantle those and rearrange our criteria for expressing love or not expressing love. In that process to dismantle them and shifting and creating happiness, one thing I find is it generally takes a commitment. That commitment is very important because all those other agreements that we've become invested in, the habit of our stories, the habits of our day, the criteria of how we're going to react emotionally, just the momentum of those will carry us away in the direction that we've already been heading. So that commitment to 
be happy, or however you want to term it, create love in your life or your relationships. That commitment is critical. Without it, all the agreements of our past, all the self-images that we invested in in our mind, all the interpretations, justifications, they overwhelm us and continue to carry us along in the emotional direction that we've been going. The most critical step is to make that commitment. You don't need to know what actions you're going to take. You don't need to know how you're going to get there. You don't need to know what will happen. You know, the same way that when you plant a seed in the ground, you don't need to know how that's going to sprout, come up, and start growing. You don't need to understand that process of creating a whole new life. All you need to do is plant the seed and then give it a little water. Making that commitment to be happy, making that commitment to express love, is planting that seed. And the water is paying attention. It's looking around. It's starting to notice. And maybe you'll start to notice avenues and support and places you can go to grow in expressing your love. Books will fall off shelves, perhaps. Audio session recordings will show up. You might become more aware of the dialogue in your head with an awareness, you know what? That's not true. I'm not going to believe that. Things start to happen. And that's the water. To take that action, to continue to support that seed that you've planted is the water. And for everybody, it's going to be different. Different people will read different books, listen to different people, take different actions. Some will go meditate. Some will go sit in nature. Some will go play with their kids more. Some will work less hours at their job. Everybody will go about in their own way, in a way that works for them. Some people will do my audio course, and some won't. You don't need to know what step two is. Step one, make a commitment to be happy in your life. And then keep your eyes open for step two. As you create your own individual pathway to happiness. Good luck. Enjoy the journey. Have fun with it. And for practical ways how to identify and change these core beliefs at the heart of our emotional drama, you can log on to my self-mastery course on my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. The book MindWorks is available in both print copy and ebook form. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from the website pathwaytohappiness.com.